You're listening to the Art Town Reno podcast with KWNK LP 97.7 FM in Reno, Nevada. Today we're coming to you from our makeshift studio as our studios at the Reynolds School of Journalism are being repaired. This week's guest on our podcast is Sherry Scafidi, a veteran transgender woman helping others in northern Nevada. I'm Nico Columbant, the coordinator of Art Town Reno, which includes this podcast. First, a word from our sponsor, and then back to this week's episode with Sherry Scafidi and our reporter, Kinkini Sengupta. Welcome. Hello. We are the Reynolds Media Lab. Media Lab. Podcasts. Client services. Special projects. Documentaries. We are a production center at, at the, the Reynolds, Reynolds School of, of Journalism. Journalism. The Reynolds Media Lab. Media Lab. Media Lab. Hello and welcome. This is a podcast for Our Town Reno. And today we have with us Sherry Scafidi. Uh, good morning, Sherry. Good morning. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you. How okay. are you? I'm good. I'm great, actually. Good. Thank you so much. Um, tell me, Sherry, um, we are here to talk about you today. Tell me, uh, who is Sherry as a person? What do you do? Uh, and tell, t- tell us more, more about you. Okay. Well, um, <clears throat> so I am a transgender woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I came out in 2015 at the age of 65. I've known since I was nine that I was a little bit different than everybody else. Uh, But back then, there was not a lot of information about people who were like I was. Uh, So I kind of kept it hidden, and I didn't do much about it. Uh, I told my late wife in 20, about uh, 19, uh, the late 1990s, it didn't go over well at all, so I kept it hidden. <clears throat> she passed away in 2012, and that's when I decided that I was going to live my life the way I was supposed to be. So I started cross-hormone therapy, and in 2015, I came out to my three grown children, and I haven't looked back since then. Um, so that's pretty much my trans story. Uh, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, so if you Detect a slight accent, that's where it's from. Uh, I was in the Navy for a while. Uh, So I am a veteran, and I do work with veterans occasionally who are part of the LGBTQ community. Uh, Right now, I work at a Plato's Closet down in Carson City where I live, and I have great support from everybody in that store. Uh, Most everybody there is a young kid. You know, they're in there... We have some high school kids, and we have some people who are 20s, in their 20s. And they are all very supportive of who I am. They all know that I'm trans, and we get along really well. So Amazing. Um, what is your age right now? I am 72. I know it is not something that we should ask a woman. It's That's a, it's okay. A, it's a secret, <laughs> but nonetheless, <clears throat> this, is, this is what I'm supposed to ask, too, just for my knowledge and for our listeners. But... Um, so tell me something, Sherry. It's it's amazing. You um, you felt something different in nineties when you told your wife, and then you didn't come out till 2020, 2012, just 
to honor her presence is what I can understand. That's correct. It yes. is amazing how somebody can do that. It, it takes a lot of courage, hopefully, to be in 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 those shoes where you don't want to be. So, what was the kind of feeling you were going through when that happened? And uh, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, I can't even imagine. But if you could tell how living each day in a different shoe would would be to you. It was, um, a lot of it was difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, I did have an opportunity quite frequently to uh, go from Carson City, where we live, to down to Las Vegas for business. And when I could do that, I could be what I would always call my authentic self. Um, <clears throat> and that meant wearing a wig and doing makeup and things like that. But... I'd have to come back home and be my male self again. Uh, for most of my adult life, I had a full beard. And I would, after I told her, I would shave it off and grow it back and shave it off and grow it back. Uh, <clears throat> I just did not want to, as the saying goes, rock the boat. Um, she wasn't very happy with it. I could understand that. And so... Um, I think her biggest concern was our kids, mm -hmm. how they would feel about it. And so that became a big issue for me was when I decided to come out to tell my kids, uh, which was very difficult for me. It was quite scary. Mm -hmm. um, but fortunately, all three of them were totally fine and they're very supportive. So mm -hmm. that's wonderful for me. Uh, amazing. So did you did you ever think later on after your wife passed away and your children understood you the way they did, did you ever feel that you could have told them earlier maybe in your life? Yes. Yes. Um, they always tease me that their biggest concern or their biggest disappointment was that I didn't think that they would accept me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they always say, you brought us up to be accepting of everybody. Why would we not accept who you are? Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's what, you know, and they still tease me about that. So, But I think they would have accepted it even when they were younger, even when they were in their early teens. I think they would have accepted it. So. Amazing. So how long after your wife's death did you tell your um, children? Um, about... Two and a half years. Mm -hmm. and, and that is the time you were still trying to come to terms with uh, how they would react? Yes. It took me that long to get the courage to tell them because mm -hmm. I was really afraid that they were going to... That That is a very common thread in the trans community is yeah. that people just don't want to have any part of people. Yeah. And it's it's a shame because we are still the same people. We just look different. Yeah. And that's what people have to get over, that we just yeah. look a little different. That's all. Yeah. Um, coming to the next uh, question, which I'm very curious of, um, I'm a little emotional at this point, is because um, just because I can imagine what a person goes through when a person has to deal with so much alone. But uh, tell me something in terms of uh, how hard it is as an older person to come out 
uh, when you're of a certain age, when your half of your life almost uh, has been away, has been you've been seen in a way. How difficult does it get, and how how do, would you encourage then? to uh, for people to come out when and as soon as they know that this is going on in their body or their mind i think i think so i i think the sooner you come out the more you get to live your authentic life mm -hmm. <clears throat> but in my case i have found that i have been through a lot of life experiences as male and so any issues that I have as being transgender are very minuscule compared to losing my spouse mm -hmm. after 42 years of marriage. We lost a child. Um, those are big things. Somebody calling me sir instead of ma'am, to me, is not a big deal anymore. It's not that important. So there's a difference between coming out younger and coming out older. I think you would have a better time uh, being your true self if you came out earlier but you would be have much more of a life experience and accept more negativity if you were older amazing i don't think there is a better way to put it but um uh, we've spoken about uh, some of the challenges you had and some of the supports that you received but uh now tell me, in terms of the focus that you have right now, in terms of telling other people how to go about the situation when they see someone who's trans or when they see someone who's just going through a, a different physical and mental phase when it comes to the body and the mind, uh, what are the what are the things that you focus on when you talk to people about it? Um, uh, firstly, uh, I mean, yeah, if you could tell us that, and then I'm going to ask you about what you work with and how you tell people. Uh, I think the big thing is to understand yourself. Mm -hmm. For me, personally, like I said, I, I had a full beard almost my whole life. Mm -hmm. And I struggled with actually transitioning because that beard was part of my person. Mm -hmm. And I knew that if I was going to transition, I would have to start electrolysis and never have that beard again. Mm -hmm. And it was a part of who I was. And so I think one of the things we, I try to get across to people is you have to accept yourself for who you are. Mm -hmm. You're not weird. You're not a strange person. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with you mentally. Mm -hmm. Just accept who you are. Yeah. That's pretty much the hardest thing that people, I think people have to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. So when you, um, and I've seen and read up that you are a, a part of the P flag and tag, um, and um, I hope I'm saying it correctly, but if you could elaborate on what these names are, what you do in it is a part of these groups and how you, how you, uh, you know, educate people in terms of uh, who a trans person is and how to look at the person and how to behave in front of a trans person. So PFLAG stands for Parents, Friends, and Lesbians, uh, and Gays. Um, TAG stands for Transgender Allies Group. Um, I am the president of both of those organizations. <clears throat> what we do is we educate the people in the LGBTQ community, but also their, their people that are around them. Mm -hmm. um, 
So, for example, if you have a young, we have a young person who's coming out, and let's say they are in their early, their late pubescent age, mm-hmm. 12, 13, maybe an early teen, um, <clears throat> we try to get the parents to understand that this is who your child is, mm-hmm. and you're probably going to have to mourn parts of what you thought was going to happen with that child. Mm-hmm. If you have a daughter who is transgender and is actually male, who's going to transition, you're not going to have that wedding where the daughter's going to be in the fancy dress and you can, and it's very hard for parents to get to that point. Mm-hmm. So we have to try to let them understand that this is what's important, that You're going to have to love your child no matter who they are. And you would much rather have a trans son than a dead daughter because the suicide rate for young trans people is astronomical. So we do a lot of training on telling people how to use people's pronouns. Um, A lot of people are, are struggling with that. So what I always say is, introduce yourself and your pronouns first so that way it's not uncomfortable for the other person mm-hmm. um, that trans people are and everybody in the lgbtq community we are all just people mm-hmm. the people in the trans community are going to look a little different than they used to i have a um a powerpoint presentation that i do mm-hmm. and one of the pictures is, that i start with is taken in 1956 it's two young boys standing outside my house back in new york and i have another picture a little while later and it's the same two people in 2018 mm-hmm. except i'm me mm-hmm. and my friend bill doesn't care because he knows the person that i've been all those years the outer appearance doesn't really matter And that's one of the things we always try to get across to people. We're all just people. We just look a little bit different than we did before we transitioned. Mm -hmm. Do you want to keep up on what's happening in the local art community? Double Scoop always has the scoop on that. Want to know which exhibitions, parties, and other art events are happening this weekend? Follow us on Instagram at DoubleScoopNevada and listen to KWNK 97.7 FM for our Short Scoop Art Events Roundup. If you're an artist and you're looking for places to show your work, we have lots of opportunities listed right now. To find them, visit DoubleScoop.art events and filter for Call for Artists. If you'd like to follow all of our art news and meet local artists, you can sign up for our email lists at DoubleScoop.art. Do you like podcasts? Well, we have a podcast from you. This is Sean from Up in the Mix. This is Della Foto. Do you like to get into uh, random wormholes of conversation? Do you like to learn about the culture from sneakers to hip-hop music to basketball? Then we have a podcast just for you. We have one called Up in the Mix. It is available on all streaming platforms from Spotify to Apple. Check us out, upinthemix.live on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Salud! Tell us, uh, you were speaking of the laws, uh, if you could tell us, uh, and I know there have been changes uh, in those laws, but just that one law that you think was very much necessary in the state of Nevada that you helped pass. The bathroom bill. Okay. Um, The fact that 
you can use whatever public restroom you identify as. Mm -hmm. um, that was so important because when you're starting out in your transition for a trans person and you may not look totally in the gender that you want or may not sound like the gender that you are mm -hmm. and you want to use a restroom, people could give you a hard time about that. Mm -hmm. So back, I think, in 2011, we got that law passed, and that was something we worked on. Okay. Um, so now, apart from that, there have been uh, places which have included gender-inclusive bathrooms uh, <laughs> as well. Uh, <coughs> I know the university tried um, to look into that. There are other places which are actively trying to look into this. What do you say about that? Uh, how, how much inclusivity do you think a gender-inclusive bathrooms would have in terms of uh, the sensitivity of the situation? Oh, I think it would make a big difference. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of places have a... Um, a bathroom for people who have a disability. Mm -hmm. It's a wider bathroom. It's a one stall. So you can use that as a all-gender bathroom. Mm. And anybody can go in there. It doesn't make a difference. So I, I think if we see more of that, people are going to be less sensitive to the idea that somebody's using that kind of a restroom. Mm -hmm. Um all this is great, um, Sherry, but do let me uh, ask you some other questions which is specifically not related to you being who you are uh, in terms of your gender or the sensitivity. But I just wanted to ask, when you are not working towards sensitivity of other people or just working as in terms of your occupation, what else do, do you do to just... Uh, just like have a good time or just like go out and do things? Uh, I I enjoy going out to dinner with a couple of friends. Mm -hmm. I enjoy having my kids over for dinner. Okay. Uh, I get a lot of joy out of my kids. We tease each other. We have a good time. Uh, I just usually go back to New York once a year during the summertime and visit my family, my sister and my brother, who, by the way, are also very supportive of who I am. Mm -hmm. Um <clears throat> I like to shop. Um, I have a model railroad in my living room. Uh, so that's something else I do for, for fun and I enjoy. Uh, so, and, and so many of these things were things that I've always done. So again, it has nothing to do with my gender. It's just mm -hmm. the inner person, who I am. I've always enjoyed these things. Amazing. What are some of the questions that <clears throat> you get from people who reach out to you in terms of just like talking to you or understanding your life experiences. Uh, and by questions, I, no, I don't mean specifically from uh, any other people, but I mean specifically those who are also maybe transitioning or the family and lives uh, of people who are, um, you know, who are, li who are like um, surrounded by trans people. Like what are the kinds of questions that you get a lot and that you would want people to uh, be more uh, sensitive and open towards? One of the questions we get, a I get a lot personally, is uh, about cross-hormone therapy. Okay. And, you know, what happened when you started your cross-hormone therapy? And everybody is different. So my experience is not going to be the same as the next person. Mm -hmm. But you're going to have <clears throat> certain, certain things that are going to happen with cross-hormone therapy. Mm -hmm. So... If if your child is starting on cross, well, 
let's use someone my age, for example. Mm. So a parent is going to start on cross-hormone therapy. Uh-huh. Their kids are going to notice that they're more sensitive, um, that they're, um, they're, they may cry more. They may have issues with different things. Um, they may have noticed that their skin has gotten softer. Again, these are things that happen with, with cross-hormone therapy. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, is a question we get a lot is, uh, for a trans woman, am I going to have any breast growth? Mm-hmm. And, again, as a, as a parent of somebody who's, let's say, in their 20s um, or even younger, so let's say we have a young trans man who started puberty and is starting to grow breasts. Mm-hmm. That's going to bother them. Mm-hmm. The parents have to realize that we need to do something about that. So there's a binder that they could use so that they don't their breasts don't show. Mm-hmm. So we try to get those things across to people because those are questions that people have all the time, and and the parents do too. Um, you know, I, I'm having a hard time remembering. My child's chosen name. Uh-huh. Well, I understand that. I uh, I know that, you know, we've had four kids and we had to name each one of them. And we really struggled with trying to come up with names that we thought would work. Uh-huh. And so parents do that. And all of a sudden your child wants to change their name. That's hard for a parent. Uh-huh. So we try to get them to understand those kinds of things because th- that's a big one for a parent. Interesting. Um, so... Um uh, when you, when a person is transitioning and the changes happen, it's also a lot of body changes, but also the mind tries to, um, you know, adjust and just adopt everything that is going on in your system. Um, and so what is it that one thing that you would tell people around them to do in terms of sensitivity, like, you know, just like be this or be that kind of a, like a quick little, um, Tip, maybe, I can say. It, it's it's too broad, but understand mm-hmm. that there are going to be a lot of changes. They're going to be physical. They're going to be some mental. Um, and just be understanding of those things. When your 19-year-old son who's transitioning to female, all of a sudden you tell them something and they start crying, you have to understand what's happening with their hormones, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that things are going to change. Things that will happen that you you may find that their mindset changes for the clothes, the type of clothes they want to wear. Not everybody's going to have the same fashion sense. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have somebody who may change from male... They, they may be born male, but are transitioning to female because that's who they are. And they don't want to wear strictly feminine clothing. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you can have somebody who may want to wear very feminine clothing. Mm-hmm. And so you have to understand that, you know, that's what's going to happen. And you've got to be understanding to that. So if you've got a younger child that you're, stud- you're still supporting, you're going to have to take them to the store to buy those kind of clothes that they want, not what you've been used to buying all the years. Mm-hmm. So. 
And what is something that you would tell the older people and people around them then? Try not to act like a teenager when you're, you know, I know, you, you know, we go through puberty again when we start cross-hormone therapy, okay? Uh -huh. So if you're 65 years old, don't try to dress and act like a 17-year-old. A It's not going to work. You can wear stylish things, but not something that a 17 or a 15-year-old is going to wear. Even though you may feel that way inside, be very cautious of that. <laughs> Amazing. Those are, those are great um, little, little things that you are sharing with us. It's something which is very important for people to know. But, um, and as I close this conversation, though I don't want to, I probably would have <laughs> uh, millions of other questions. But um, tell me something that I have probably not asked you till now or something that you just want to share with us today. Um, name changes. Mm -hmm. Na I, I have people ask me all the time about my name. And they assume that my birth name was something similar to Sherry, like maybe Stephen or something like that. <laughs> my birth name was Paul, oh. which is totally different than Sherry, right? But it was a name that I, that I liked. And so that's why I chose it. And so <clears throat> you're not always going to have a name that's going to match the previous, you know, your, your, your birth gender, right? Um, many will, you know. Um, I, I have friends that their names, so let's say um, I have a friend whose name is was, was Arlene, mm -hmm. and she changed her name to Alan. Okay, very similar. Yeah. Um, but not everybody's going to be that way. So uh, it's, it's an interesting concept because you get to choose your name, which we don't get to do at birth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Is there anything else you want to tell us today? I think that's pretty much it. Um, the only other thing is, again, very personal to me, is I also work here at the School of UNR mm -hmm. and the School of Medicine. Wow. And as a specialized patient, and I'm one of, I think, only two trans patients that or trans people that we have as specialized patients. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I'm working at the school later on today. And we're helping the next generation of doctors understand how to deal with transgender people because the medical profession has never really learned. Mm -hmm. And so we're working on do, helping our upcoming doctors, medical professionals, how to deal with the trans community, which I think is very important because most trans people who have been going to a doctor for a while have to teach their doctor, how to care for them. Mm. And that's not the way it should be. How long have you been doing this now? Oh, uh, this is my fourth or fifth. I think it's my fourth year doing this, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And have you seen significant changes in, in that arena in terms of the doctors treating their patients? Uh, we're getting more, more therapists and doctors who are becoming a little more aware and starting to learn how to administer cross-hormone therapy and understanding more about the mental aspects of what you go through when you're transgender. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Amazing. Uh, Sherry, thank you so much for talking to me. This has been great. I am, you have a very busy schedule. You've still managed to come up and talk to me. Um, I am very grateful to you for this. And I hope that whatever you're trying to do in terms of uh, the sensitivity of people, in terms of just um, talking to people, making them understand that goes a long way. And more and more people try and um, get into uh, the the mental uh space where they are more accepting and more uh, comforting towards trans people uh, i don't think it is hard it's just that it has to be done uh, in a in a very sensitive way and you're doing that work so i'm i'm just grateful uh, honored to be here thank you so much thank for inviting you. me for listening to this Our Town Reno podcast episode. Here we have stories about gentrification, life on the streets, the affordable housing crisis. Find us on Facebook at Our Town Reno, at OurTownReno.com, and on Instagram at Biggest Little Streets. Check back in for next week's episode or delve into our archives and remember, help each other out.